Today's program is brought to you by Corin, supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit Corin.com. I'm Greg Blaze, host of Cutting the Curd. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Japanese. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, a food writer and a director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from our studio at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every daily in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi ramen izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I'll try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. And my guest today is Atsushi Nakahigashi, who is the founder of the food and beverage consulting firms in Kyoto and New York City called Nakahigashi and One Wise One Soup. Atsushi grew up in a highly respected chef's family in Kyoto, and as you may know, Kyoto is the mecca of traditional Japanese cuisine. Today, we will discuss how Atsushi grew up in the most traditional culinary environment and his very interesting culinary projects in here in New York and much, much more. Hello, Atsushi. Welcome to Japanese. Thank you for having me. So, um, yes, as I said earlier, you grew up in a family of formal Japanese restaurant chefs. So I believe you are in the fourth generation. Your father was the fourth generation. And can you tell us about your family history? Oh, yes. Uh, so, like, uh, uh, my grandparents... Uh, grand, great uh, great grandparents mm-hmm. started a uh, very small inn in the mountain of the Kyoto, mm-hmm. uh, which is like a half an hour, hour and a half hour away from the uh, main area of the Kyoto city mm-hmm. uh, in 1895. Wow! And, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, and my like a father's older brother which is the third generation of the family, mm-hmm. uh, make it a bigger restaurant and change the name to uh, Miyamaso. Mm. Um, which is really famous. Uh, famous <laughs> now, yeah. They, when they started like a Michelin uh, guide there in Kyoto, mm. uh, took the uh, two Michelin star. Mm. <clears throat> and uh, uh, my father was like a... My father is a second boy of the family. Mm. So he decided to open the his own restaurant in Kyoto City. Mm. Right. So that's the history. If you want the first son gets the name of the, the original restaurant. Yes. If you're the second, you have to open your own. Right. Right. So your father, Isao, Isao Nakahigashi, and his restaurant is uh, Sojiki Nakahigashi. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always wanted to go there, but it's too hard to get a table. <laughs> I have to ask you. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a small restaurant. So only three, 13 uh, seats at the counter and the two small uh, mm-hmm. Uh, the rooms on the upstairs. Okay, we'll talk about it uh, a little right. more later. And uh, so, how did you go, grow up in a restaurant family? Um, did you start cooking early? Uh, yes, um, actually, I can't remember when did I start it because uh, my mother says I started the cooking like when I was two years old. So <laughs> there's no idea I can, when I started, but uh, um, yeah, maybe like two, three years old and. Uh, my father started my uh, the own restaurant when I was uh, 11 years old. So, mm. and after that, I started to um, help the restaurant because it's the uh, family business. Right. I think that everybody 
when he they have like a family business everybody you know uh, mm. help the business right and uh, it's kind of a it's a mom and pop but also it's a mindset right mm. in Kyoto in a way and uh, so you grew up in Kyoto, and which is the capital of traditional Japanese cuisine, and including kaiseki, which is a very formal, traditional, multi-course Japanese dinner. So um, how do you think you were influenced by the Kyoto environment? For example, um, they say there are 24 seasons a year in kaiseki cuisine. Mm, yeah, 24 seasons, definitely, yes. And uh, all, like, uh, mainly uh, Kyoto has a... Uh, like the same period of like the four seasons, uh, spring to winter. Mm. And uh, for example, in here in New York, like a spring and autumn, it's a very short. Right. But in Kyoto, it has almost like a same period, like a three months each. Mm. And so, and also like a water is a very uh, pure and uh, soft water there. Mm. I think that's why like uh, all dashi, which is a Japanese broth uh, culture, mm. and all like a Japanese uh, culinary techniques uh, improving in Kyoto city. Mm, okay, because I heard uh, so the I heard Kyoto chefs um, went to France to cook mm. Japanese cuisine, and the dashi didn't become like they cook in Kyoto because the water is too hot. Right. So that's the secret. Yeah, I think so. Right. Like water, it's yeah, mm. most important. Right, and that's why maybe sake is very famous in Kyoto mm. too. Right. Okay, and uh, so your father is famous for his unique approach to food. And can you tell us about his restaurant and uh, his philosophy? Yeah, so I actually said earlier, but the, uh, my father's restaurant is very small, like only 13 seats at the counter mm. and the two rooms on the upstairs. And uh, he always going to the uh, mountain every morning. Wow. Uh, um, even if it's a very heavy snow or like a typhoon came, like he always go to the mountain every morning. Oh. And uh, uh, then pick the old white vegetables and the wild um, herbs oh. and meeting like uh, farmers, old farmers, and then picking the old vegetables by himself. And bring like uh, uh, bring the voice of the nature back to the uh, restaurant every mm, morning. Wow. So he is kind of a forager, too. Mm, kind of, yes. Mm. Like, so sometimes going to the uh, like deep mountain in a different prefecture and picking like mushrooms for the ottoman. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, mainly his signature dish is actually like a white rice. Mm. That's the most important thing. Like a white rice is a very like a natural flavor from the rice and the uh, water. Ah, okay. Yeah. Right. So, you know, the rice is of course I and mean, in this country rice is known as gluten free and it's you know calves and people just talking about different aspects of rice but in Kyoto rice is almost the essence because mm-hmm. it's uh, it's uh, the base for any kind of other dishes All right. right okay so um, by the way I think uh, your father's uh, Sojiki Nakahigashi restaurant they have Michelin star yes there are two, two stars right. yes. amazing wow okay uh, so it's uh, the philosophy is local and sustainable, and he's been doing it for years and years, right? So um, the one thing I'm fascinated by Kyoto cuisine um, is a kyoyasai, which is a term for heirloom vegetable, uh, vegetables originating in Kyoto prefecture. So maybe you can give us some examples and how you use them. Right. So actually, Kyoto kyoyasai, which is a Kyoto vegetable, it's have um, 36 kinds of there. Oh, wow. 
It's too many actually, and the, some vegetable is not really uh, grown in Kyoto mm. anymore. That has the 36 kinds now. Right. And my favorite one is a shogoin daikon, which is like a, a big round daikon mm. radish, or um, a Kyoto carrot, which is a red carrot. The, recently, I can find a, a Kyoto carrot in the farmer's market in the Union Square. Mm. Yeah. Really? And, yeah. Oh, But the, my favorite is the shogoin daikon because it's like a much softer than the regular daikon. Mm. And the, when you cook the、uh, regular daikon, Um, you have to boil first because、um, it's hard actually.、Mm. I have to boil first, then put the soy sauce or sugar in for the cooking.、Mm. But for Kyoto daikon, shogun daikon is soft already,、mm. so you don't need to boil first. You can cook with the, any other meats and put the soy sauce from the beginning and then get soft. Oh, wow.、Mm. So the flavor is、uh, the same yeah, as the daikon? Yeah, it's actually、uh, fl- more flavor and more like a sensitive flavor. And、uh, um, texture is much like a lighter、mm. and、um, how can I say, like a soft.、Mm, mm. More subtle. Right. And、uh, <laughs> I, I heard that、uh, Kyoyasai has more minerals, fibers, and vitamins than any other vegetables,、um. according to the research projects. <laughs> I don't know what it is. but... Right, I think so. But.、Um, When I have the vegetable in the United States, I felt it's totally different vegetable from Kyoto.、Mm. Kyoto h a v e like, a, I told you like a, before, but the water is very soft mm. Mm. and the soil is more like a,、uh, small. So, and I think that the soil has like less mineral than American soil.、Mm. And that makes like a, a vegetable h a v e lighter flavor, and I mean like a gentle flavor.、Mm, rounded. And, yes.、Right. And、uh, it's also the humid temperature, I mean the air.、Mm. So the、uh, old leaf is、uh, softer than the、uh, other vegetables. Okay. Right. And the Kyoto weather is very harsh in the summer and、yes. harsh in winter too. So、right. it's like extreme temperatures.、Mm-hmm. And、right. so they're trained to survive maybe. Right. Right. Okay, so、um, by the way, you, did you always want it to be a chef? <laughs>、uh, not really, actually.、Um, I knew that I would be a chef one day、mm. because I grew up in a restaurant family. The cooking is too natural, so I couldn't imagine、um, working like a job. For like cooking.、Mm. The cooking is too natural for me. Right.、Yeah. It's part of you.、Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and when and why did you come to New York then?、Uh, actually, uh, when I was like a high school student, I was really like to fish. And uh,、um, uh, like, actually, like bass fishing.、Mm. And my friend told me, like,、uh, if you like to do like bass fishing, You should go to the United States.、Mm. And I was thinking, like, maybe I will be a chef one day, but、uh, I knew that if you work for like a Russian industry one day, then you cannot do anything,、mm. anything else、right. because you work from the early in the morning to the late night,、uh, seven days a week.、Right. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Basically. So it's a very typical Japanese mind, but、uh, yeah, that's true.、Mm. So、uh, I decided to come to the United States to be like, a professional bass fisherman for five years.、Wow. I decided to try five years. Then, if I become to, like, a very famous fisherman, then、mm. maybe I can、uh, try to do it for my like, rest of the life.、Mm. But、uh, if not, maybe I can move to the culinary world again.、Wow. Then, yeah.、Uh, 
I did like five years for the professional bass fisherman.、Mm. And at that moment, my friend asked me、uh, the Japanese restaurant will open in New York City.、Mm. And then、uh, I was decided to come to New York. Okay. Right. So,、uh, how good were you as a bass fisher? <laughs> You're good in fishing? Yes. Like,、uh, finally, like 2007 and 2008, I was competing in the、uh, professional.、Um, Category and、mm. tournament, and、I、went to like,、um, so many、um, different states、mm. for competing the fishing tournament. Wow. So, do you still fish? Sometimes, yes, at the Central Park, obviously. s h e p s h e a d Bay as well. Right. right. But I'm sure it contributes to your you know, knowledge how to handle fish as well. Right. right? How、Because、to handle and how to、uh, like, talk with nature. That's、mm. more important. Ah, okay, great. So,、um, so, why did you decide to pursue a career in cooking? Like, you know, you, you knew that there's a Japanese restaurant opening, but、mm. you're mentally getting ready? Yeah,、um, because、uh, when I was at、uh, like、a fishing tournament, I have to cook for me and for my friend as well. So, I was traveling、uh, with my car, van, and a、uh, boat and、mm. all over the、uh, United States. And I cooked for、uh, some of my friends or like a typical American、mm. um, people in the、uh, countryside of Japan, I mean, countryside of the United States, who really don't know about the Japanese cuisine. You、mm. know, if I ask them what, what's the Japanese cuisine, and they answer, oh, maybe sushi and teppanyaki, that's it. <laughs> so I cooked them, then they said, wow, that's. That's good. It's very natural and very gentle taste, but I really like it. Then I decided maybe it's very fun to cook in the United States.、Mm. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's kind of a clean slate, and you just educate people. That was the beginning.、Mm. Right. So you worked at、uh, a Kajitsu restaurant, right? That opened、uh, initially in East Village.、Mm -hmm. So、uh, what kind of restaurant was it? The Kajitsu is a shoujin cuisine.、Mm. Yes, the shoujin cuisine is actually a very easy expression. It's a Japanese vegan style restaurant.、Mm. So, because it originally、um, came from、uh, Buddhist temples. Yes. Right. And I heard that、uh, the Buddhist temples、um, they used to be open to visitors、uh, from the general public, and they might、right. be serving、mm -hmm. as a, like a restaurant. Loads of food if it comes to the temple. Right. Okay.、Um, so, the, why, what did you learn at the Kajitsu restaurant? So, Kajitsu、uh, is a shoujin cuisine and using the only vegetable. And、mm. when they opened in the East Village in 2009,、uh, it was a very small location. And now they moved to、uh, the Midtown, the 39th Street.、Mm. But、um, That was actually like the first time to cooking with only vegetable for me and all other chefs as well.、Uh, when、uh, the first chef started there,、mm. and nobody had experience with the、uh, shoujin cuisine.、Mm -hmm. So we are trying to like experiment every day for all ingredients.、Okay. And we have to change the menu for every month.、Mm. That was very hard. and、uh, but Also, we learned so many things from the, those vegetables because the vegetable season is also different from Japan. Right. For example, daikon,、uh, the usually winter season is the best taste in Japan,、mm. but here like, it's too cold. <laughs> so, like, sometimes when, I, when, when we open the、like, box, 
the daikon is already frozen wow. and broke. Mm. So that that was a different, and we learned so much difference. Mm. So like uh, we told, um, talked earlier, the kyoyasai is really often used in Kyoto, but here you don't have kyoyasai, right. so you have to learn everything. Right. Right. Wow. That's great. And then eventually, because it's a good uh, mission star. Right. Right. So that's an amazing achievement. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> right. And then, so um, you became uh, um, the sous chef and the manager. Yes. Right. So um, you didn't manage restaurant before. What was your experience? Um, actually, uh, my f- mother was the manager for like, my father's restaurant. So mm-hmm. I so that how you can manage but it's still a family business it's a small restaurant mm. and then when i was uh back and forth united states in that kyoto when i was uh, fishing uh when i was in japan i was helping my father restaurant as a kitchen staff mm. and also working for the hotel as well for uh um, using the trying to use uh, English mm. as much as I can. So that's why I decided to work in the hotel as a service side. Then okay. I learned like a service and the management as well. Then um, after I worked for Kajitsu, I was work as a, a sous chef. And then uh, when they moved to the Midtown, mm. there was no manager. And I decided to maybe uh, I can be the manager and uh, also like sous chef, then mm. I can have more like an opportunity to mm. do more job. Right. Okay. So, and then eventually uh, last year, uh, you left Kajitsu. Right. And now you have your own companies called Nakahigashi in Kyoto and uh, One Rice One Soup in Inc. in New York City. So what is the concept of each business? And first, uh, what is Nakahigashi? So um, Nakahigashi doing like a uh, restaurant consulting uh, in Japan and uh, United States, and mm-hmm. also um, a promotion Japanese product, Japanese uh, food product mm-hmm. in uh, outside of Japan. Mm-hmm. What kind of products? So uh, we have something different, uh, uh, mainly. I have the lots of product from Hiroshima Prefecture. Mm. Uh, the rest, uh, I mean, the uh, company name is uh, it's kind of unique, like Seto Teko, which is a uh, um, iron factory. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. What? So, yeah, iron factory is using uh, making uh, a food product now because uh, uh, like uh, the founder of the company. I was wondering that like, uh, recently the the old children mm. broke the uh, their bone very easily because less calcium mm. and uh, um, it's yeah and they found like uh, their technique of like uh, making the iron like a pressed iron uh, then they press like uh, fishes mm. and they press the fish and make it like a cracker with a hundred percent fish, mm. then bring to the their like a school. Amazing. Yeah. And oh, then wow. all children ate those uh, crackers, then like uh, their health getting better. Wow. Yeah. So they started like uh, pressing like uh, their uh, product, including mm. the fish, um, vegetable, rice, mm. and that's very unique technique. And uh, um, I believe 
any chef can do it in the kitchen because mm. it's super high temperature and very like a, a short period like mm. a 500 degree and one or two second just press and all um like uh, because it's a high temperature so all bacteria go out mm. but they're still like uh, all nutrients stay there in the uh, mm. uh, the product okay yeah right. so it's it's the machine that you are promoting or the actual product that was pressed? That's just product okay mm. wow I want to try that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one day, yes. Right? So I'm an older woman, especially. It's going to be a big hit, too. Yeah. Right. So, okay. And then, but what's the, you know, motivation to start the Nakahigashi? I mean, you wanted to promote that kind of uh, unknown ingredients, right? But uh, what other business do you do, do at Nakahigashi? Uh, yeah, it's a uh, uh, restaurant consulting because when I was working at uh, uh, Kajitsu, uh, I was a sous chef and a manager, and I worked at the counter of the kajitsu. And then, you know, there was, because it's the uh, old Japanese chef work in the restaurant after graduate high school, so usually people don't have time to study English. Mm. And uh, uh, all chef of kajitsu are from Japan. Mm. So... And they can't talk to the customer. So since they open, I was almost like a, a, the, I was the only person who speaks uh, <laughs> English. Then I went to like a customer to explain all like a mm. Japanese culture and the Japanese food right. or Japanese style. Right. Then so you had I, the only window to right, right. <laughs> show food. Yeah, and uh, also for like uh, telling to the. Um, uh, our servers as well. Mm. So I was always like uh, telling the old Japanese culture because I grown up like Kyoto, so I know like the old base. Mm. So um, I think that was easy for our chef mm. and easy for server. Right. It's easy for owner because the owner wanted to tell like uh, everybody what the Japanese. So mm. then I figured out the how um, interesting it is, like mm. uh, how to like explain the American people or other like old people from all, all over the country. Right. Yeah. Everyone's you, like mm. Japanese restaurants in New York City, basically. Right. So, um, but also, and you do the same business at the Nakahigashi in Kyoto, right? Right. And uh, you help Japanese restaurants in Kyoto? Yes. Uh, so first, w when I started the Nakahigashi in Kyoto, there is no client, of course. Mm. So um, I asked my father, do you need this? And then... Yeah, and uh, he said, why not? Because uh, many people are now going to Japan from all, all over the world. Mm -hmm. And they are trying to have the Japanese cuisine in Japan and Kyoto. And uh, But uh, still, like many people and many chefs cannot speak English in Japan and mm -hmm. Kyoto. And uh, um, they just serving the food for the foreigner. And I was thinking, um, that's like uh, um not good for like a both of restaurant and uh uh customer because mm. when i went to france uh i was planning to stay there four days and go to the restaurant as much as i can like uh, eight restaurant or ten restaurants a day right a day <laughs> <laughs> right and uh, i was thinking that all oh, foreigner come to japan like 13 hours from new york and then trying to get a uh, restaurant as much as they can. 
then the experience is if not like a hundred percent good experience um, it's not good for the um, customers mm. and it's not good for the restaurant so I thought if I can make like an English menu at least or mm. uh, telling the host like uh, uh, train the staff how to uh, approach the American or like uh, uh, like foreigners mm. um, then maybe like a restaurant can uh, do like a better service for the all customers and also customer can have have more like a good experience at the restaurant mm. and then they will know like a more like a deep Japanese culture or mm. the uh, culinary world right. then I thought it's gonna be happy for me right yeah, that's why I started okay yeah actually I think uh, Japan had the record number of tourists recently right. and uh, I think I, I saw a survey that the top reason going to Japan is for food yes I heard that <laughs> it's very important that you're <laughs> yes, doing it's it. very important right Okay, so um, let's take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll talk about this fun project to educate us about Japanese cuisine. So please stay with us. Music for this commercial break is brought to you by Rectech, and this track is called Dues Paid. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. Corin is proud of their Japanese culture and traditions, but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. Their knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant, from French to Pan-Asian to American, and that is why they're located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Corin's unique store in Lower Manhattan is home to perhaps the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan, plus the rarest natural sharpening stones and exquisitely designed tableware. They also host special events such as knife sharpening demonstrations and parties with New York's most famous chefs and restaurateurs. Corin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the implicit and elegance of Japanese culture to your table, be it in your home or in the finest restaurant. For more information, visit Corin.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats Broadcasting by Promote Studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Kateyama, and my guest today is Atsushi Nakahigashi, who is the founder of the food and beverage consulting firms in Kyoto and New York City called Nakahigashi and One Rice, One Soup. Atsushi grew up in a highly respected chef's family in Kyoto. So uh, we talked about Nakahigashi, and now uh, what is the concept of One Rice, One Soup in Inc., which is based on New York? Yes, so One Rice, One Soup Inc., uh, it's also doing the restaurant consulting and uh, uh, Japanese pr- uh, promotion of the Japanese product. Yes. Okay. So, um, what is the difference? So, base is just a bit different. Place. Uh, base is actually different, but I uh, really to do it. I, I really wanted to do it like a one rice one soup ink uh, this year. Then, luckily, I 
uh, started the, uh, this business from mm-hmm. May. Mm-hmm. And firstly, I have to do it in Japan. That's why I tried to do it in Japan first. Then uh, came to United, came back to United States. Then opened like one rice one soup ink first. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, uh, basically it's like a. Um, like spreading the Japanese culinary world to the United States mm. and all over the world later. Okay, right. So the there's, there should be a reason. One rice, one soup. So why did you name it as this company? Um, because uh, uh, when I back to Japan last year after I left Kajitsu, uh, I was talking to my father. Um, I want to do it like this style business. Mm. And uh, talking for like a very late night until like 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. Mm. And then suddenly he said, oh, let's do one rice, one soup. He never speaks English and he <laughs> don't know what the meaning <laughs> is, but the uh, sound was good. And I thought, okay, um, maybe I can do like a one rice, one soup for the company name and also my project name. So I mm. started like a one rice, one soup project uh, last year. Mm. And uh, because uh, Japanese, like the basic style of the uh, uh, like a meal is always white rice on the left side mm-hmm. and the soup is always right side mm-hmm. and the pickles. That's very like a traditional Japanese uh, for like a regular people in Japan for a long time. Mm, right. It's all, over time it developed into like Ichiju Sansai. It's got one rice, one soup, pickles, and three other vegetable dishes. Right. But that was not for everybody, mm-hmm. for ordinary people. Yeah, that, that was too gorgeous for like regular people. Right. I mean, it's <laughs> a little work, right? Like, three dishes. It's a little work. Right. <laughs> right. So the by having a one rice, one soup, um, what is, uh, what, how do you educate Americans or non-Japanese people with the concept? Yes, yeah, so um, basically, um, firstly, I want to say always rice is on the left, always soup is on the right, mm. and the pickle is on the uh, top. That's a, that's, that triangle is a very basic Japanese cuisine mm. uh, because when we are uh, like a small kid, uh, the parents always say, what is the left hand for? Mm. And then we say, oh, left hand is for holding the ball. Mm. What is the right hand for? Uh, holding the chopsticks. Mm. That's, uh, I think, a Japanese culture. Right. Everybody say that. So I think all Japanese culture is based like that, like a triangle, I think. Mm. Right. And... Uh yeah, so the if you have more dishes, rice is always the base to neutralize the flavor. And uh, it's, I was my parents told me to sip the soup first mm. to wet your chopsticks right. and then move on to the rice because it doesn't stick to it. It's like kind of really little rituals, but I think it's very uh, meaningful mm-hmm. for Japanese people. All right. And uh, so the um, you had a very interesting uh, pop-up project um, earlier this year called the Taberu. Taberu means eat yes. at Saikai Bar in mm-hmm. Ubas Village. And I truly enjoyed lunch there. So can you tell us, uh, listeners, what it was? Yes. The, so the Taberu was uh, started in uh, late March this year mm-hmm. and finished uh, late May. So it was like a, a, a two-month mm-hmm. project. And uh, that pop-up restaurant, was I, that was my idea uh, because... 
uh, I'm actually like a consulting like a restaurant called the Saikai Dining Bar of West Village now, mm. and they didn't open the lunch. And uh, I thought oh, maybe I can do myself on the lunch time for like a pop up. Mm. Then I can show like uh, what's the uh, real, uh, I mean like uh, Japanese style. It's for like uh, uh, many people as much as I can. Mm. And then I try to uh, call uh, call taberu and they're using like a uh, rice and soup and pickles, basic. Mm. Right. And you have other dish, right? Yes. Yes. For... So I try to like uh, uh, one course. It's a uh, uh, one rice, one soup, which has like a bowl of rice, bowl of soup, and uh, pickles. And a uh, uh, customer could choose uh, uh, like a first course or second course if they like. Then I made like a vegetable dish or meat dish or a fish dish before the like, one rice, one soup. Mm, right. So I actually had the menu. And oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was so good. I saved it. So uh, three courses, it's uh, $23. Right. And then... Uh, yeah, with, with the white rice, choice of soup, and homemade pickles. Mm-hmm. And uh, the three options, uh, one is spring yasai garden, a house-made tuna, prosciutto, and Arabic vegetables, and one, one rice, one soup. That's like the simplest version. And, uh, oh, the, the, sorry, the sushi course. So the, the garden dish and the one rice, one soup, and a little dessert, kiwi with the uh, gyokuro and goma tohu. Right. And the full course is the spring yasai garden again and the grilled arctic char with citrus. And I think I had it. I, I right. couldn't even. <laughs> I had another one. So right. So what kind of people uh, came to Taberu? Um, I surprised. Actually, uh, uh, New York Times, lucky New York Times uh, featured this Taberu project. Mm. And then we got uh, so many different type uh, uh, customers because I tried to... Uh, price easy price mm. that's why i put the uh, one rice one soup for right. 12 dollar only mm-hmm. you know then i want to like attractive for all people who are interested in the japanese culinary right so we had uh, so many different mm. right the three course 23 years and four courses 35 mm-hmm. so that was i, I yeah, hope you're gonna do it again right, sometimes right, right. <laughs> right so uh the mostly uh american people came or japanese people came uh, mostly american people came mm. yes so that's the concept that we wanted to educate people yes right do you think they understood i hope so <laughs> and uh, uh i tried to talk to the customer uh so and i hope they understand at least just a little bit you know, mm. uh, base things like a uh, rice soup and pickles. The base things, I think that's the okay uh, for at this moment. Mm. Right, and uh, well, now you run your own business in New York City. So, how is it important to have, you know, grown up in Kyoto and where traditional Japanese kaiseki and then you have this kind of concept? It's natural for you, right? Do you right. feel a gap? Yes, it's actually Kyoto and New York City is a totally different city. Mm. Uh, New York is super traditional and a very pro- uh, protective. Mm. So um, if people do something like a crazy in Kyoto, people say, oh, wow, that's uh, not good. <laughs> but uh, here in New York, uh, everyone do different things. You know, mm. it's very creative and a more like a much powerful and energy so, yeah, I like the like, both sides. Mm, right. So, you know, the, based on the difference, um, what kind of thing do you think American people, New Yorkers, do not understand about Japanese cuisine at um, this point? 
Yes, uh, it's very difficult because the United States is a big country, uh, and uh, uh, you know, for like a New York City, like a ten years ago, and now it's also different. And uh, uh, but when I was uh, fishing and uh, traveling to the uh, different uh, city in the United States, I saw I couldn't find like a, a very simple regular Japanese cuisine.、Mm. And uh, uh, and also when I order like、uh, uh, rice and the soup, they always serve the spoon.、Mm. That was very weird for me because the Japanese、uh, is always eat with the chopsticks、right. even for soup. Mm. Just slap the uh, uh, like a soup right. Right, with the chopsticks, so that's the base for、uh, Japanese cuisine, I、mm. think. So I like I'd like to like show like uh, um, uh, like non-Japanese people、mm. um, bases like、uh, eating with chopsticks.、Mm. That's the、uh, very important things.、Right. So when I consulting the Russian in、uh, United States. I try. I try to do not serve like a spoon with four sp- soups.、Mm, okay, it's interesting because I I happen to get a new pair of chopsticks which I love and I start to use it every day, and、uh, sometimes I use spoon, sometimes I don't, and then chopsticks、uh, takes more time,、mm-hmm. and I appreciate it, and it's I have more flavor in my mouth still. Ah right. So there's a reason、mm. that maybe it takes time. And then enjoy that's better. And chopsticks,、um, it's by itself is very functional.、Uh, you can just pick up、uh, a piece of、uh, grain,、right. like、uh, one grain of rice. So yeah, I think、uh, everybody should、uh, start using chopsticks more in right, this country. Right. Right. Maybe better for diet. Slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Right.、Um, okay. So、um, at this point of your life,、um, how much are you influenced by your father? You think? Uh, actually, honestly, so much, a lot.、Mm. Um, even for like a company name. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah> . Right. <laughs> so,、uh, yeah, like my base, my clothes are made by like uh, uh, I think Kyoto water and the Kyoto traditional culture,、mm. and、uh, from my father's uh, 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 like a cooking style. Mm. Yes, local so, sustainable. Yes, yes, local sustainable,、mm. and、uh, be nature, be natural, and don't break like a natural flavors.、Mm. That's the yeah. Okay, right. And one thing you mentioned earlier before the show, just chatting about rice, right? So, rice is the essence of Japanese cuisine. That's his uh. His、yes. Yes. Yes. That's、uh, his philosophy too.、Mm. Uh, rice is the most important. And、uh, one more reason. It's not a joke, but uh, uh, in Japanese uh, character, mm. Uh, mm. if we write the、like, United States, it's write the、uh, rice country. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I right. think that's、uh, one more reason that I'd be here. I'll be here.、Mm. That's the destiny, <laughs> right? Okay. And、uh, how are you advancing? What you learned from your father?、Um, I think like、uh, people have to、uh, surpass for、uh, for everybody、uh, for like、uh, from like older generation because all cooking technique are、uh, improving、mm. and uh, uh, all uh, ingredients also like.、Uh, Like flavor getting improving, and there's so many different cuisine culture is mixing right now. So I think、uh, um, I can do more things、uh, 
base, like a based rice, but still I can uh, improve the many things mm. here in the United States. Right. Okay. So what is your plan for the next? Uh, so my plan is that uh, I'd like to do more pop-up in the United States and uh, also helping the restaurant in the United States as well. Then I'd like to try to the people uh, who doesn't know like a Japanese food culture and mm. the food uh, culinary world. I want to show them like uh, as much as I can. Because mm. uh, one, uh, one rice, one soup concept is very simple. Right? And American tables tend to be simpler, mm-hmm. right? like one bowl or right, that right. kind of thing. So you can really be creative and apply the Japanese concept. Yes. Right. Okay. So um, thank you for joining us today, Atsushi. Thank you. So listeners, if you'd like to know more about Atsushi's activities, please visit uh, one rice, one soup project.com. That is all one word, uh, one rice, one soup uh, project.com. And if you have any questions or comments about the show, please contact us at japaneats at heritageradionetwork.org. And Japaneats is live at 3 p.m. on Mondays, always available at heritageradionetwork.org, iTunes and Stitcher podcasts. And uh, please go to iTunes and Stitcher and write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. And today's show was made possible by uh, PL Bienname. And thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.